Oi, how are ya? It's Aiden Jones. This is sitting under a tree for Tuesday, the first of October. Hey, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm still in Amsterdam. I'm back in Amsterdam. Did I ever leave? No. I guess it's. I'm recording this on Monday today. Today on the podcast, I've got an interview with uh, Caitlin Durante. It took me about five minutes to go through YouTube and confirm that that is. How you say her last name? Caitlin Durante, host of um, the Bechdel Cast, which is a podcast about how women are portrayed in movies. It was cool, man. She, uh, I met Caitlin in in Edinburgh um, a month or so ago. We did a few gigs together, and then we both happened to be gigging for the same week in uh, in Dublin, Dublin, Ireland, and I checked out her podcast because, like, I just. The, the way that I figured out she had a podcast is I just, like, we added each other on Instagram. And I was like, how come you got so many followers? It was this, straight away, it was me going, like, what's fucking going on here? Why does it, how do people get more followers? How do I do that is basically a thought process. Why has someone got a lot of followers and how do I do it? And the way that she's done it is, uh, is she hosts her podcast about women's portrayal portrayal of women in movies and i'm like maybe i can do that (laughs) um no she's got uh she's got this podcast and uh and we had a bit of a chat about it and uh after a few days i was like fucking i should just listen to this but i've like spoken to this person a few days in a row and we've talked about her podcast and and um and how she was like really interested in film and, and writing and does some fucking film writing courses and shit and I was like, let me listen to her podcast. And it was very good. Um, I listened to the episode about The Lion King. Basically, and this is what we talk about in um, in the in the interview. We talk about the podcast. We talk about uh, kind of how she started it. Um, we just t- I, I, I talk a little bit about my uh, hesitation to like really... Let me talk about the experience of being a man for a second. As a man... <laughs> It's it it's feels uh, like any kind of reference to feminism on my part feels performative in a way, you know? Like I'm just trying to call attention to how good of a dude I am because I care about feminism. And so because of that and that self-consciousness around it, in a way I don't know how to interact with feminism at all. And uh, we kind of talked about that and... and we talked about the reasons for her starting the podcast. Um, she started, uh, she hosts it with uh, with Jamie Loftus, who's her friend and also a comedian as well. And they've been touring around uh, the UK with the podcast, doing live shows. And uh, I think they've done a little bit of touring in, in the US as well. I don't know. They've, they've fucking got like a, a real good thing going on. I listened to the episode about um, The Lion King. And so they basically go through and do... If you've never heard of the Bechdel test before, it's a... What are the rules? Um, it's a test to see how good uh, movies or a bit a bit of like fiction portrays women. So the test is uh, the movie can pass or fail the test, or the, the the work can pass or fail the test based on uh, if there are two female characters, if they have they have to have a conversation about something other than a man. Is basically it. So that the women can be friends and be not defined based on their relationship with men 
And uh, so on the podcast, these guys go through all these movies um, that are classic movies, and they talk about whether or not the movies pass the Bechdel test, and then they kind of do some other criteria as well. But they go through the movies in a lot of detail, and uh, I love The Lion King, but upon pretty close inspection, The Lion King doesn't pass the test. And uh, I don't know, man. It's a really cool pod. I liked it. I'm going to listen to the episode about Francis Ha because I fucking love that movie. And even now, even now, I feel self-conscious. Like, I feel like I'm like, I love Francis Ha. Uh, we, talk, we talk a lot about this, man. And it's very interesting, um, especially because I think to talk about feminism can even in itself be... Like, anyone talking about it can be like, oh, it's time to talk about feminism. But it's like, when do we talk about it? You know, I don't fucking know, man. <sighs> this is when we talked about it. And and uh, I think, honestly, I just wanted to fucking hang out with someone that day. I wasn't doing anything. But it's almost weird to, to just ask to hang out with someone. You know, hey, do you want to hang out? So instead of doing that, we, uh, I was like, hey, do you want to do an episode of my podcast? And then I put my phone down. We went into a cafe and we talked. We had the conversation that we would have had anyway, but we recorded it, you know? And there was a lot of background noise in the cafe. Um, I was going to try and cancel out the noise, and I have tried, but it didn't work very well. Um, I think you can still hear our voices kind of clearly enough, and I think the conversation was good enough anyway you know, to get past that. I fucking know. Just, <laughs> it's good. <laughs> um, it's been a nice week in Amsterdam, man. I'm so fucking glad I've been able to stay with my friends here rather than pay fucking 40 euro a night for a, for a hostel bed in a hostel dorm. My God. I've had a fantastic week. I think as I move on from the event, um, Meeting Fernando is going to be something that has really flushed out a lot of emotional fucking junk that I had for me, you know? Because all week now, I've just been talking about it with people. That's all people want to talk about, which is great, you know? Um, and uh, I posted some stuff on Reddit about it, on some forums about stories and family and first times and whatever, and uh, had some pretty good responses. Had a bunch of people message me with their stories of, of never having met their biological parents or meeting their biological parents or parents who were absent and real fucking cool stuff, man. Um, and uh, I've actually been in contact with a, a comic in London who has a fairly similar story. Uh, me and her are going to have a chat in a few days talk about that so that's going to be next weekend's podcast I'm, I'm super excited about that and I think I'm going to read out a few of the stories that people have sent me on Reddit as well or maybe just some of the questions that people had and try and cover all bases because as I write more about this experience of meeting this fucking guy um, and as I try and write my show about it I realize that I the, I think one of the main things I think about when I'm telling a story in comedy is to try and answer every question that people might have before the end of the story, you know, because you want to be exhaustive. Or I want to be exhaustive in the way that I tell the story. So at the end, people feel satisfied with the conclusion. They don't leave going, oh, but what happened with that? Or what was that thing? Or whatever. 
and uh, I think putting the story online and having people be able to respond to it and ask their own questions, just like public people, is is a great way to figure out what those questions might be. So yeah, I was feeling kind of down about it, I think, and just drained. But uh, man, I had the greatest day on on Friday with my friend Julie. We were in Rotterdam, hanging out all day, and then I opened the I fucking headlined the opening night of Comedy Club Hauch in Rotterdam. Thank you so much to to Debbie and Marcel um, for putting that club together, for working so hard, getting in, they've got this new venue on the river in Rotterdam, and it's an amazing club, a phenomenal setup. If you're ever in Rotterdam or any comics thinking of coming to the Netherlands and you want to do some shows, message those guys, um, or if you're not a comic and you're just traveling through Rotterdam, go down, look up Comedy Club H-A-U-G, Comedy Club Hauch, and, uh, and go and check out their shows, man. Those guys really fucking love comedy. They care about comedy in a way that is so rare. I was talking to people on the night. I was talking to my friend Julie, who's not a comic. and I was telling her about how excited I was to headline the opening night. And uh, and I was telling her, you know, that they, they love comedy, these, these guys. And they know how to set a, a room up and they they care about good comedy, they don't just want, like, you know, that some comedy clubs, and I understand this, but some clubs will just, they don't want you to experiment, they don't want you to take risks, they just want you to just be good, just be reliable, which is fine, I understand that, people have paid their money, this is your livelihood, and you've got to make sure that the people have as good a, uh, they have a good experience, you know, but after, a po- up until a point, like when you get, I feel like I'm at a level now as a comic where I can deliver like a reasonable level of like, okay, even if I don't, even if I take risks that don't pay off, I'm still at a level that's good enough where I can perform and people won't be upset, you know, because I know how many risks to take or like, I'm not going to go crazy. I'm not going to fucking try some insane shit. But some promoters don't want you to take any risks. They don't trust the performers. That's it. They don't They don't trust the performers that they book. And I understand, man. That's your livelihood and whatever. But these guys, Marcel and Debbie, when they book acts, they really trust their acts. And, and they're not trying to tell you what to do or tell you what kind of stuff to perform or whatever it is and micromanage you. They book you and they go, we know... There's a reason we booked you, we like you, we trust you, and we want you to do whatever you want to do, so go up there and fucking do it. And it's a really rare thing to get that freedom and to to have that level of trust from a promoter. And so when you get it, it's fucking so great, man. And, uh, and, and I did, they, uh, I was, I was fucking, I was honored to be able to close the first night of their club, and I had the best time. Um, as I walked on stage, I didn't see there was a flat screen TV at my fucking eye level. And as I walked onto the stage, I smashed my fucking head. Oh my God. Into the TV, like just the corner of the TV, the bottom corner. I've still got a little red mark just on my hairline there. And then, um, I like, I got, you know, because I felt so free and I felt like there was no, there was pressure on me to do well, but not the pressure of the promoter, like, you know, or you better do well, like that, I knew that they were going to be happy with whatever I did, because they trust me, and so when I went on and I hurt myself, I just started yelling about it, is what I did, 
And um, I don't know, man. It was a lot of fun. That was a great night. It was a really great night. Um, uh, if you fucking... All right, so this this next up, I'm going to chuck on this interview with me and uh, Caitlin Durante. I hope you guys enjoy it. If you're new to the podcast, if you haven't uh, listened to this before, you can follow me on Instagram, Aiden Taco Jones. Um, find me on Twitter, at AJ underscore Taco. Like the food. Um, yeah. I hope you guys enjoy this interview with me and Caitlin Durante. I'll see you guys next week. It's been Aiden Taco Jones. Sitting on coming over here period no I've been to Europe uh, twice before yeah um, but I'd only been to um, London and Paris yeah yeah so. and to do comedy as well um, not really the first time I came was in 2010 yeah. and I was uh, had only pretty much just started doing comedy yeah um, so I didn't do any shows and then the second time was I guess 2015 or something but it was over like the winter holidays and yeah. so like every like I was there like at Christmas time so That's so nice so a lot of the shows that were normally happening in London uh, weren't happening were you here with your fam or anything <laughs> um, I was here with some friends okay uh, like a friend's Christmas yeah that's so nice yeah what'd you do I do that every year cause... yeah really <laughs> yeah you don't get along with your fam I do but um, it's just it. I've just made it a habit to like either stay in LA where I'm based now because it's just so expensive to travel over the holidays. Yeah, and then yeah. I usually end up making money because people need me to like cat sit for them. Yeah. <laughs> I just will drive around to like eight people's houses and like feed their cat. Yeah, sure. Um, so that I find is a better way to spend the holidays and then like i have so many friends that like where are you where are your family from uh pennsylvania okay so like east coast in the u.s what's Um, that like it's um it's fine um the area i grew up was like really rural and shitty um and thankfully my parents moved like five years ago to like Uh a college town um, and it, incidentally, the, the college town that's home to this, where I went to college, at okay, yeah, Penn, yeah, yeah. Penn State. Um, oh, that's like a big football one, huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. How was that? <laughs> um, it was. It Is that was that your fun. vibe? Was there enough? No, I'm not. <laughs> I could give a fuck about American football. I only know Penn State because, because like Tom Segura talks about it being a big football school. Right. Yeah. And he's a big college football guy. I guess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know if you remember like a few years ago, but like the whole Joe Paterno thing with like, okay, so like what was his name? Jerry Sandusky? There was like this whole, he had this like 
child sex ring where he was molesting children. Oh. And um, Joe Paterno, who up till then had been like the hero of Penn State because he's the head football coach wow. and like he's the legacy coach. Yeah. Been doing it for decades and like he was a god on yeah. campus. I always was ambivalent to not care, like not liking him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for a reason I'll s- explain in a minute. But like I was always just like what at like fuck and both. And then it came out that Joe Paterno was like aware and complicit in this guy. I think guy's. I did hear about yeah, this. This was huge news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a few years ago. So that... Uh, <laughs> and so is, that blew up. That and blew up. it fucked the school up? Um, I don't know how much <coughs> it affected the reputation of like the academics. Like I imagine they might have had like lower enrollment in the couple years after that. But yeah. it was just like weird that like I mean, because it was already a well-enough-known school, you know, yeah, it's one yeah, of the Big yeah. Ten. The fact that I've heard about it, is, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, that's um, crazy. Because, I mean, it's, enor- it's enormous. It's like 40,000 or more students attend uh, every year. So, yeah, it's pretty, it's big, but, and it, you know, it has a decent reputation, like, academic-wise. But then, yeah, like, yeah. it was really put on the map with this, like, horrid, oh, that's like, brutal. pre-Me Too, like, yeah, yeah. sex scandal. Um, well, pedophilia is always pretty high up there in terms of scandals like Me Too point. or otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so anyway, uh, it's still a thriving school, and yeah, my parents yeah. live just outside of that town. So. And do you know? Do town. you still know people in that town? Because from when you went to school. Um, most of my friends there moved out, like moved elsewhere. Yeah. Um, so I don't really have uh, a community there anymore. So when's the last time you had a Christmas at like where you grew up? Uh, I think I would probably say like 2012 or something. Yeah. You just rock like an orphan's Christmas every time. Yeah, I do that for Thanksgiving too, which again is only which is like American Christmas or whatever. Yeah, it's like pre-Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I don't understand that. No, it's it's stupid. Um, I yeah, so that's just what I do. Is that like a regular thing in the states? Because I don't know. If I tried to go. When I was younger, I was like, I don't want to do Christmas with my family, and like, I would always try and like, I had a party back in Adelaide where I grew up. I would have parties on Christmas Day, yeah. but no one was free until the evening because right. everyone does the shit with their family. Yeah, yeah. So even when I was, and then I've kind of figured out the value of family Christmas, and mm-hmm. like, my parents split up, and I was like, oh, that's what family Christmas is about. Yeah. Um, and uh, and so yeah, I would like, but like, even when I was trying to do parties and shit. I could never get other people to commit to my thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> Is that like a thing in the States? People would just go, fuck my family, I'll do no, Christmas with my mates? I think I'm in like the minority of, yeah, yeah. of Christmas celebrating you must be You must people. be a good get friendship-wise <laughs> if people are willing to commit on Christmas to you, you know what I mean? Like that's getting like, that's getting New Year's <laughs> Eve at the club. You know? Right? Yeah. I mean, it's very exclusive, <laughs> my, my Christmas parties. No, well, part of it is that my family doesn't really celebrate Christmas. Like I grew up in an extremely secular household like yeah. my parents raised me as an atheist more or less yeah um so we started celebrating as a family when i was a teenager started we had been like observing christmas but not doing observing any of, like, christmas any of the- <laughs> like <laughs> like it's lent or so right. <laughs> but um we weren't doing any of like you know going to the church like yeah, any yeah, of the, like, yeah. The services or anything like that um and then at one point i think i was like 16 my mom was like you know what fuck this we're celebrating winter solstice now. <laughs> <laughs> That's some hippie so, shit. Are your I parents know. hippies? 
No, not no, not, not really. Um, are they just they like progressive cool left left leaning people? Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, yeah. But they they weren't cool enough to like do drugs in the sixties yeah. and seventies. So, uh, but yeah, you know they're you know they're pretty they're liberal um, yeah. people. But um, yeah, so they were just like yeah, it's winter solstice. We'll celebrate four <laughs> days earlier because I mean <laughs> on the twenty first. Yeah, that's right. Real, exactly. That's real I mean, funny. if we're being real, the Christians stole Christmas. Yeah, from, from Pagans, pagans, which is anyway. winter solstice. Exactly. Oh, yes. I never even thought about that, but that's totally what it is. Because, like, historically, biblically, like Jesus was born sometime in the spring. Yeah. Um, but they were like, well, you know, the pagans are already doing this thing with tree, a tree. Oh, and, so like, they were trying to stuff. hijack it. Um, um, oh, yeah, yeah please. Thank you. Um, so anyway, I don't know enough of the the actual history yeah, to, yeah, to yeah, comment sure. much further. But um, anyway, so uh, because my there's like no real uh, tradition Christmas wise that my family has celebrated. Yeah, we're just like whatever. I'll like I'll come home when I can come home. Yeah. So yeah, I usually come home, go home, and like. Um, autumn when like the, the fall foliage is beautiful that's and nice. it's cheaper to travel and, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so um, that's my whole thing was there like a crew of because uh, you're like I don't even know if it's like okay to call someone a lefty I was about to call you a lefty you have a, <laughs> you have a podcast about feminism mm-hmm. is a good way to describe you politically I yes. guess yeah, 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 yeah. sure I, I would consider a, a lefty to me is someone who's left handed rather than yeah. <laughs> <laughs> someone funny. who like leads yeah, well, politically it's a weird thing, left isn't it? and also politically left is such a vague term because it's like you could be socially progressive but financially conservative Fiscally you know conservative. what I mean sure, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I would say in all aspects of my life I am left leaning yeah yes, okay that's fair but to I say. don't want to tie you with that brush just um, think thing. Yeah. <laughs> no, like uh, were there those people in that in the university um, did you have like a crew of people like that like have you yeah. al- have you always been I guess you've always been like that, right? Yeah, I would say so. In fact, the the small like rural town in Pennsylvania I grew up in was like ultra conservative, as like you know many rural communities are. But uh-huh. my parents were like the only like people who Yo, voted Democrats, really. Like, really? We were they were one of maybe like five or ten families that sure. would like vote for the whatever Democratic candidate. Um, so yeah, I've always like been on that side. How big of a community are we talking about? I think my hometown had like five or six thousand people. Okay, in so it. it's not like tiny, tiny, but it's yeah, still super it's, small. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because my grandparents are from a small town in in South Australia, in Australia, and they're like that. They're the only, yeah. like, they're the only left wing like Labor voting people in that place. Right. And my grandma likes to freak people out because my skin's light enough that people just assume that I'm white, and then she tells them that I'm like my biological dad's from Colombia. Yeah. And you know, people. She's told me they'll be having conversations about like some of the people in the town going like, why don't they just, can't they just stay like where they came from, you know? Uh, and my grandma's like, well, actually my grandson is uh, half Colombian, so what should he do? And they're like, oh, um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my grandma's uh, a boss. Hell yeah. Yeah, uh, so there was no one else in the town like that? Not really. Um, and then, yeah, when I moved to, uh, like to go to university, um, yeah, I found, basically I just like, found a bunch of like gay guys and like yeah. made them all my all my best friends yeah great <laughs> and uh did you do you still keep in touch with anyone from the small town 
there's one person yeah. who uh, I still like make a point. She lives in New York City now. Uh, but I'll make a point to see her, like if I'm in New York. Yeah, sure. Because <clears throat> I'm based out of LA. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Other than that, um, once you know, once you leave your small town, you're yeah. like, oh, there's like people who, their you know personalities and values are more aligned with mine. Sure. And we were only friends out of like convenience, and because yeah, you yeah, live, yeah. you were close to me, you're like proximity-wise. So yeah, I there's hardly anyone I keep in touch with. They're all like townies. That's a phrase um, that I've learned recently. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, I don't even know. I don't, you don't even go back? know if they've... No, because my parents don't live there anymore. Yeah, totally. So I, I haven't even been back in you don't even probably have like a link to it. seven years or Damn. something. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good riddance. Yeah, that's wild. <laughs> the podcast is cool, though, man. I was having a listen. Thank it's, you. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's um, it's a, a feminist movie podcast. So we examine uh, movies through, you know, an, an intersectional feminist yeah, yeah. lens. Is that how you pitch it to people? If yeah. you if they go, what's your podcast? Pretty much. Yeah, intersectional feminist movie review podcast thing. Right. Yeah. Because it's called the Bechtel cast, but a lot of people don't know what that is referenced to, or because sure. it's the Bechtel test. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's it's become more well known in the past maybe like five to ten years do you do you this is this was my first as soon as i saw the name and then i listened to one if it's getting popular you must get some hate mail not as much as you would think no honestly yeah every once That's in a while <laughs> <laughs> i would be excited to get the hate mail man because even if like Pitching something as a, and like I've been through a fucking journey as a dude from being like 18 mm-hmm. and just being like, I can say whatever I want sure. to like, you know, having close female friends talk to me about like the things that you say and, and the ways that it affects people and learning about empathy and blah, blah, blah. And uh, like even just the word feminism still is like, ah, oh, like I get scared, you know? It's, ups- it's an upsetting word for a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> And, and so I imagine even just having a feminist that like, oh, sorry, a podcast that identifies as a feminist uh-huh. podcast must fucking rile people up if you're in the wrong circles or if the wrong people hear about it. They're like, fuck you, surely. <laughs> Again, not as much as you would. And, and it, I think it's probably that because the name of our podcast is niche enough that if yeah. you don't already know what that means, totally. you, you won't know to like Unless you're kind of well-versed it. in feminism, you probably don't know what the Bechdel test is. Exactly. Yeah. So I think for that reason, we've been able to like fly under the radar of like all the like the, the Meninist movement. Yeah, and yeah, like yeah, the all red the, pill guys and stuff. Exactly. So, um, oh, they'll, they'll get you. They'll find you though, man. <laughs> Every once in a while, we'll get some like troll on Twitter yeah, like, yeah. being an asshole. Um, but our fans are really good about like dragging them and then really? being, like being like fuck you you stupid idiot <laughs> da, da, da. And, then, and then we just like block the person and then that's, that's so it. exciting <laughs> that's exciting to me man you're like the you're like the lightning rod for some level of online like politics beef you know a bit for me though like i i hate confrontation sure in all forms really yeah, yeah. so if someone's like trying to troll us so i'm just like i get stressed out about it and then i'm like i don't want to deal with this yeah I just yeah, want okay. them to go away. So. The one, I mean, the tone of the podcast isn't very confrontational. 
No, not at all. And if we do confront anyone, it's like Michael Bay, and he's never gonna listen to yeah, our sure. episode about like him. I don't know who him. that is. Who's that? Oh, he's um, a notoriously like. Oh wait, is he the guy who did Transformers? Transformers. Ah, yeah. I do know who that is. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, Okay. <laughs> he's like the go-to for like big budget, break in like, the money bullshit. Yeah, movies. exactly. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. blockbuster, but with like absolutely no artistic integrity. Yeah, or yeah, just, yeah. Like, totally. A lot of like misogyny laced in like sure. throughout all of his films so yeah we'll like be like fuck you michael bass or like woody allen you fucking yeah, asshole yeah, like, yeah, sure. you know people like that but you know the, they're never going to listen to our podcast <laughs> totally so, other than, yeah aside from that we just um yeah we just examine a different movie every episode yeah. and just like do a very deep dive on like how it treats yeah, it's women. Yeah, it's, it's really well researched. That Thank was you. one thing that struck me was I was like, oh, they're not just talking about the movie and watching it. You've got like plot things, but then you've got like production and like how the movie was made and the stuff around yeah. the movie. It's very cool. Yeah, we do that for as many episodes, as many movies as we can. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, I like it. We've been doing it for about three years and it's kind of become my life, my career, my yeah. bread and butter. And yeah, I'm Do you like feel like really... you're getting what you wanted to get out of it when you started? For sure. Yeah. And it's grown more than I ever would have anticipated, sure. I think. Because um, we got added to a network a little over a year ago. Uh-huh. So our, I noticed our... that you're advertising bras, so you must have a very core <laughs> female demographic. It is, but you would be surprised at how many, like, cis How many men need bras? <laughs> <coughs> oh, yeah, yeah, a sorry. huge chunk of our fan base is like cis het white men. Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm just I'm always like, oh, good, good for you for like yeah, well, being part of the cause. This is a weird thing. Is like I've I would probably fall into that category because I feel like I want to listen to a few more now mm-hmm. because I want to. I want to engage, like I want to be someone who engages with feminism because I think it's important. Yeah. But I almost wouldn't want to tell people that I'm listening to that podcast because I don't want to be listening to it as a tokenistic gesture of like, look what I'm doing. Sure. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Um, what do they call that? Virtue. Signaling? Yeah, virtue signaling. That's right. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I think there's there's a I understand like yeah and it's almost I almost feel like sometimes like like it's my responsibility to do research because people uh, will talk about like it's not my responsibility to educate you about this thing which is correct sure Um, otherwise you know you're just giving women another unpaid job (laughs) (laughs) so like yeah I think it's all about your intentions and your approach you know if you're just like I listened to one episode and look at the hero that I am yeah 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 totally I you know, for once in my life, listen to women. Like, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. not good. But if you're, like, doing it because you're trying to learn and enrich your life... Oh, because it's an interesting podcast. Like, it's actually engaging. Thank you, you know very I mean? much. Yeah, 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 it's good. Um, I think, yeah... Sorry, I'll stop complimenting you in a second. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. No, I need more. I, all I need is constant validation. Um, but, yeah, I'm really happy with, like, how it's turned out. I feel like with every episode we do, it gets... It's, like, you know, like... We're learning more. We're seeing patterns. We're, yeah. Do you find like, like? Do you find that you're learning shit out of doing it? For sure. Yeah. Yeah, because it's it's made it's forced me to do uh, just a bunch of research, and I always had an interest in film. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, I we're at the Irish Film Institute right now because I was like, I just want to come and check it out. Are you, is there like an exhibit <laughs> or something here? There's three screening rooms, uh-huh. um, and then they have a 
show. I don't know if there's actually like an exhibit. Um, I think it's mostly just like a movie theater. It's just a place to go and see. Yeah, some they have like a whatever. shop where they sell like Blu-rays and like film books and stuff <laughs> <Blu-rays>. like that. Blu-rays. <laughs> um, I actually still buy physical really? media. Yeah, and I don't even have a Blu-ray player, so I mostly buy DVDs. Not as much as I used to. But yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, if I, I, I like, a, I, ha- I have a DVD of Community season one right that on. my mum got me for Christmas one year because I love Community and I've never opened that box. Like I will <laughs> never watch that DVD, but I still carry it with me every time I move house because I'm like my mum gave me this oh, and I love yeah. Community, but I'm never gonna watch this ever. That will stay in it's the on fucking Hulu. Or whatever. Yeah, right. Yeah. Or just because I already like I downloaded them all. I fucking sure. st- I torrented them all <laughs> when it came Torrent. out. So yeah. fucking who cares? <laughs> um. But yeah, I uh, so I, I love. I consider myself a film buff. You yeah, know, yeah. I, I got, got two degrees in film. Yeah, yeah. Um, what you were, you were saying, you did. Uh, how long did you study the shit for? Um, so I have an undergrad in film production. Yeah. Um, so, so that was like my four years. That was Penn State. Degree. Yeah, that was Penn State. Yeah. And then uh, uh, I. That's where you met the gay guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> one of them is still my best friend to this oh, day. Oh, lovely. Shout out to JT. Anyway. I um, went up JT. Yeah. <laughs> and then. Uh, Wait, the JT. The JT. Justin Timberlake. That was a, the hackiest. I'm sure he hears that all the time, but I just thought of it myself just now. Congratulations. Um, and then um, I, a few years later, did a master's for two years in screenwriting at uh, Boston University. Um, so, you know, I've dedicated basically my whole life yeah, yeah. education to film. Um, so, you know, I started the podcast as a way of like reconciling how many of my favorite movies are like extremely toxic yeah, and like sure. treat women horribly, but I'm like, oh, but I still love them. Um, so I was just like, okay, I, I just, at the very least, I need to like acknowledge sure. how toxic they are and like but have a discussion still about to it. Like a thing. Yeah, and we say that all the time. Like you're you're allowed to like whatever you want to like, but we just like with the podcast, we just encourage people to like consume the media that they consume critically. Sure. Um, so like I use Raiders of the Lost Ark as an example all the time. I love that movie. I grew up with it. I you know the Indiana Jones character and franchise is like something that I have always like felt very attached to. And I just like I love it. But like canonically, Indiana Jones is a statutory rapist. <laughs> he, those movies are filled with so much racism and like brown face. Yeah. And just like really awful, horrible stuff like that. The female characters, there's only ever one of them. Yeah. And, and it's just a love interest. Love, yeah. She has really no characterization outside of that. Marion in Raiders is a bit of an exception, so please don't slide into my mentions. But like, actually, Marion Ravenwood's a feminist icon, like <coughs> sort of yes, but also she's like damseled the whole time and like. Oh no, my, my eighty friends who listen to this are gonna be furious. <laughs> Every time I talk about movies, like some bros, like actually, oh, really? you don't know what you're talking. There's your about. hate, man. That's just <laughs> one step away from die feminist. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah. I just we again we just want to encourage people to consume media yeah, critically. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting then though because like I mean that's that's on the spectrum of like Raiders of the Lost Ark is probably part way along a spectrum that starts with that and ends with R. Kelly, you know? 
Sure. <laughs> because, like, I mean, the people who produce it, Raiders of the Lost Ark, I guess, as a piece of media, mm-hmm. is bad, but probably the people who produce it are just regular people who just have, like, a normal amount of flaws. Sure. But then you go all the way along to, like, do you think that logic of consume the media critically still applies to something like Michael Jackson or R. Kelly? Well, it is a spectrum, as you yeah. said, because, like, there, there are certain things that I've chosen to, like, disengage with entirely yeah. because the people involved in the making of it are, like, actual in real life. So, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, Indiana Jones is a fictional character, so for him to be a rapist isn't as bad as... Uh, as someone for... actually being a rapist. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, there's certain artists and media that I'm like... Well, man, you know, Remix to Ignition is yeah, a song yeah, yeah. that slaps, yeah. but <laughs> I'm never going to seek it out again. I'm never going to deliberately yeah, sure. play it. I'm yeah. not going to engage with Woody Allen's film sure. anymore. Also, though, Remix to Ignition is so overrated as a song. Like, that's, a, that's a song that you, like, begrudgingly dance to because everyone knows it, but no one's ever like, quick, 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 play Remix to Ignition. You're always like, oh, okay, this is right. the one that we're dancing to now. Right, right, right. I think I can lose that one yeah maybe not like man in the mirror you know i mean man michael jackson yeah yeah, yeah. is iconic yeah but forever yeah so it's very complicated um so what what i encourage people to do is to you know if you still love those filmmakers like roman polanski sure is a terrific filmmaker he is a serial statutory rapist yeah, so yeah. it's like do you watch his movies or do you completely disengage with them like there's this whole discussion to be had about you know separating art from the artist and whether yeah. or not you should do that so that's a whole thing but um, for me I always say like if you still insist on you know watching Rosemary's Baby you, you want to watch you know uh, Annie Hall you want to listen to Michael Jackson like do whatever you want but I would also encourage you to like seek out stuff made by people who aren't <laughs> rapists and molesters and, you like, might have to do a deep dive but they're out right, there they're out they're there, out there. Find, find work done by women and people of yeah, color yeah. and queer people and engage with that stuff yeah, sure. too um, because chances are it's good yeah, and sure. uh, enlightening so yeah check it out um, yeah though, sorry I'm just taking some ibuprofen no that's all right. this coffee gave me a headache I feel like, it got, I feel like it got a lot louder since it we've been talking loud, yeah. I hope it's not uh, I'll, put, I'll just fucking <laughs> noise cancel hopefully yeah. it'll be fine <laughs> that's what we get when we record a podcast in, in a fucking cafe I yeah. know. <laughs> what's the where's the podcast going do you reckon where do you see it going in the future um I mean we've started to tour a lot more with it doing live shows so I'd like to do a bit more of that, that um, do you find like that's a kind of stand up is that related to stand up do you reckon the live shows is your other podcast host a stand up no, uh, my other podcast being the Sludge. Oh podcast. no, sorry, no, 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 sorry. The um, sorry, I mean your co-host on the podcast. Oh yes, what I meant to sorry. She is. I, I didn't get her name, so I'm just like the <laughs> oh, person. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jamie Loftus is her name. Yeah. She's a, a very funny stand-up comic. Yes, yeah, indeed. great. Okay, so you're both comics, so you both right. know how to be on stage. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And most of our guests are, um, especially for live shows, are performers, usually other comics. Um, so yeah, those uh, like the, our live shows, I always find to be so fun. Yeah. Um, just the energy of like a crowd being there uh, is 
was always, you know, just invigorating, that yeah. kind of thing. So, yeah, I'd like to do more live shows, like to see more places, you know, like meet listeners from other Because we just did, we're based in L.A., but we just did two live shows in London. And, yeah. like, got to meet a whole new, you know, like, fan base. Yeah, in yeah, a yeah. All these London people. That's so fucking yeah. cool, man. So, and then otherwise, yeah, I think we're just going to keep trucking along. I mean, we, our format hasn't deviated from what it was in our very first episode you know we just like okay here's the film let's summarize it really quick in case you haven't seen it or you don't remember it yeah and then here's like the analysis and then at the end we figure out if it passes the Bechdel test or not then we do it yeah so that's how we I haven't even to be honest I'm 10 minutes away from the end of the line so I haven't even finished it so yeah we always say like does it pass the Bechdel test for the end and then we also because the Bechdel test is very limiting it's like only an extremely like baseline feminist metric that you can apply sure. we, we also give it our own like metric our own rating system yeah, yeah. which you'll discover if you finish that episode right. is based on uh, nipple it's a nipple scale so, <laughs> like out of 10 nipples or whatever out of 5, five nipples. yes exactly yeah, yeah, great. so like 5 out of 5 is like a feminist masterpiece great um, 0 out of 5 is like the most toxic misogynist yeah, movie yeah, yeah, we've yeah. given a lot of movies a 0 out of yeah. 5 nipples do you remember what you gave the Lion King? Um, It'd be like a one. It's pretty low. Yeah. yeah. It's <laughs> I think we gave a pretty it, brutal one. I think we maybe gave it like, I don't, re- I never remember the ratings we give it. Yeah, and I also yeah, yeah. never remember if a movie passes the Bechdel test or not, unless it's like very obviously does or very obviously yeah, would yeah, not, because yeah. yeah. there's like only one woman in the movie. Um, oh, the Lion King so clearly doesn't. It's hilarious. Right. <laughs> and I never even really thought about it until before, but the, the, the chicks have like 20 lines all up. Hard, yeah. And then like, the, like the rice element is very funny as well because yeah. they have the black people singing and white people doing the voice <laughs> acting. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. There, there's a lot of layers, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, what it, do you, does a moment stick out for you in the three years you've been doing the podcast? Is something like, fuck yeah, that's what I wanted, or like. Um, not, I mean, not really a specific moment. No? I just like, I would say, we, I would say, got our stride. It took us about maybe like twenty episodes before we were like, okay, we have the tools, our t- tool belt, where we started yeah. to see like patterns emerging, or we'd be able to like kind of say like oh yeah like we this is something we talked about in this other episode so if you want like more of a discussion on that specific Uh, thing and then so but I've also found that like the longer we I'm always like oh we'll run out of things to talk about right but like no every movie we do there's always something new to like uncover totally so uh, or like like, movies from different eras you can talk about the politics of that era and different parts of the world and and we haven't even gotten to like we've been mostly focusing on like mainstream movies from like the 80s 90s and 2000s most stuff from the the things that you remember from when you were younger right because those what shaped that's what shaped like my generation yeah. of, of our like you know our young minds and uh-huh. fucked them up and you know so we're ha- like I'm having to like undo all this like training yeah. that I learned from movies um, but like you know like look back to like film noir where there was yeah. like um, the 
uh, oh my god, what is her, what's the name of like the scary woman trope in film noir? Oh, um, femme fatale. Femme fatale, yeah. yeah. Um, we have like barely touched on that. Sure. So like, yeah. Or imagine doing the, be- trying to apply the Bechdel test to like Asian cinema. Sure. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's probably a whole different kind of uh, misogyny <laughs> interwoven in that. It's like a different right. flavor. Every culture has its own yeah, brand yeah, yeah, of yeah, misogyny because yeah, yeah. the patriarchy is present everywhere. Sure. <laughs> yeah, or like French cinema or whatever. Right. Uh-huh. That'd be so interesting. Definitely. Yeah, we've only covered a handful of foreign language films um, or like non-English films. In fact, we did... Um, uh, Amelie. Oh my god, I love Amelie. It's great. Oh my god. Um, How does it do? It, oh, you don't it remember. does okay. Um, I'm trying the, to think. I don't reckon there would be any two women talking not about a man. She talks to that lady behind the counter about the man that she loves and the other ladies in the cafe yeah. about the women that. I know that film really well. We studied that film in year 12. Oh, cool. I'm not a film dude at all, really, uh-huh. but um, yeah, I love Amelie. Yeah. Um, I, again, I don't remember if it passes the Bechdel test or not. I, but, I, I, I want to say on oh my gut it doesn't <laughs> I reckon not. I don't reckon it does there are a fair number of female characters but I think they're always because the, they're the always talking about the guy it's a romantic movie yeah 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 yeah, the, yeah, yeah probably not yeah good shit <laughs> have you seen um, uh, Francis Ha yes actually we have a, an episode about that movie coming out like literally a week from today oh I can't wait that's <laughs> a fucking great movie yeah it, it fares pretty well yeah we, yeah we there were some things about it where we were like eh, okay yeah okay but it's a female director right or is it not it's a um, co-director it's okay. um oh my god what's his name I want to is it Noah Baumbach or did I make that yes up? it is it is yes it is okay okay yeah he, yeah, yeah. he directed it and I think um, Greta Gerwig and him co-wrote it okay. I believe and I don't remember if she co-directed it as well or not either way Greta Gerwig had a pretty significant like creative role in yeah, the yeah. film in addition to being the star um, so yeah, that movie, like a lot of, I would say like, maybe not even a lot of, or even most, but like a fair number of like indie films, I would say probably treat women a bit better sure. because, you know, misogyny and mainstream go hand in hand. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, so yeah, like an, an indie film like that. What do you think that, that is? Um, I would just say that because the patriarchy is so pervasive, um, Especially in like you know the early 2000s and before, um, and also, even as like, recently as like 2016. Yeah. <laughs> um, or if it's like if you find a big well of power, it's probably going to be men circling it. Exactly. Because that's just the two go hand in hand. So right. if there's an indie film that doesn't, it's not as much money behind it, then they're probably like, ah, oh, give it to the ladies. Right. Yeah, like, hey, go on. Exactly. Go on, love. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so few women have been allowed to direct. It's not that like everyone's like, oh, well, women just can't direct blockbusters. It's like, no, you haven't given them the opportunity. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, but they would go, yeah, because we don't want them to fuck it up. Like we don't right. trust them. Exactly. So. Um, um, that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so we haven't covered that much, like, in uh, that many indie films, just because, like I said, like, it's the mainstream movies that we, you know, you grow up with that yeah, yeah. generally kind of shape how a culture see, and, you know, it's life imitating art, it's art imitating life, and yeah. all that stuff, so... But yeah, 
be on the lookout for Francis Ha. <laughs> yeah, good shit, man. Um, anything else you want to add? I reckon that would be um, about it. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, if you're if you're interested in, in film and feminism yeah. and the combination of the two, check out the Bechtel it's a, Cat. It's a sick pod, man. I kind <laughs> of just realized today that we'd be talking about it the other day and I was like, I should just listen to it. I'm so bad at doing that. I'll talk about people's shit and then I'm like, oh, cool, they do a thing. I don't know what it is, but they do it. <laughs> I you refuse know? to engage yeah, in yeah, it yeah, yeah. I'll talk about it. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> well, thanks for giving it a listen. I appreciate it. Uh, not at it. all, man. And thanks for coming on and doing this thing with me. Of course. Thanks Good for shit, having man. me.